Cordelia did the last one. Tom did one recently. Josh, why don't you bring us in? Hey, everybody, and welcome to VHS Playback. I'm the producer, Josh Cousinaw, <laughs> uh, and here are our hosts. I'm Rob Cousinaw, and I'm here joined by my 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 buddy Cordelia Graham. Here's Cordelia now to introduce herself. And I'm, I'm Tom Cordelia Pesky. Graham. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm Tom Pesty. Strike three. <laughs> we're out of intros. <laughs> <laughs> I was I could have I could have gone over it better. I thought I was teeing it up, and listen, in reality, I was uh, hot potatoing with no uh, open hands to receive. Listen, that's the best <laughs> we can do. Um, it's good to be back in Michigan. I was in Iowa for work. I missed you all. Um, Iowa has corn. I say all. Oh, <laughs> does it also have ayahuasca? I'm sure it does. Listen, if you're if, if you're surrounded by that much corn you know and big Iowa open spaces, is. you know what I want is. Yeah. We according and I have oh. actually talked had several conversations <laughs> about yeah. trying to work up the nerve in which we would take some kind of life-changing drug and then just deciding uh to, you know, drink sodas and hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We decided going out for sushi was better. <laughs> I, I think I think I think and I have played chicken with the idea of taking hallucinogenic drugs for about 10 years now. <laughs> I mean, I hope you guys pulled the trigger on that. Whatever. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Scratch that. I didn't say that. I feel like That's ayahuasca awful. tea is too scary. I don't want to throw up that much. A lot of people are puking from that. I don't like to puke. I'm a I'm a scream puker. I'm a never puker. I don't know. I well, I guess like we know where Cordelia lands on that. Yeah, I'm comfortable but, with puking. If that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, would I, say, get I would. I would say. Tell me about it. If I was yeah, going to make you a business not. card, it would go. Cordelia Grimm, blind artist. Good friend, professional puker. I would actually make my own business card as professional puker, blind artist, good friend. That's like my order of <laughs> business, actually. Professional puker is good. Uh, a lot of alliteration yeah. in there. Um, I, would yeah, yeah. Say, I would say maybe barf party specialist. Barf party advisor? No, because you're the one doing it. I feel like- I'd say specialist. Specialist is good. Um, CEO of Bar Party, CEO Ooh. of Puking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And Tom's the CFO. Um, Tom, make money no, for no, Cordelia. No. My, I, I would have a, I'd have, I'd have the only testimonial quote at the bottom of the business card that just says, "He puked on me, and we're still buds." <laughs> you know, it would be great. Uh, now that you mentioned that, is if any business card had a testimonial on the bottom of it, I would love it. If it was like. Rob Cousin, uh, director, producer, and then just some person that has a thought on it. Oh, like a, <laughs> kind of like a forward to a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Rob Cousin, uh, producer, director, uh, forward by Cordelia Grimm. And, and then you have whatever remaining spot on the bottom of a business card that you can get a thought in on it. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> I noticed you joined us by Wi-Fi today. Uh, thank I you did. for that. You sound really great. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I was just—I finally listened to an episode, like three minutes of it. I was like, I sound horrible. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. You know, uh, I feel like the quality of the content really brings people there to stay through the quality mm -hmm. of sound. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know, especially for me being blind, like I'm, I've become an audiophile to where I'm like, yeah, I can't listen to this podcast anymore. This is garbage. Yeah, um, I get it. And I, I'm not talking about ours. I just mean when I find new podcasts. Okay. No, usually if it, if there's like a, like, you know how a lot of like podcasts will be like, well, this episode didn't record, right? I was like, well, right. I skip. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about something tonight. Uh, I watched the first, I want to say, 18 episodes of Treehouse of Horror since last we talked. Oh, nice. The Simpsons Halloween specials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and God damn it if those don't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They do. Every single one yeah. is still funny. I, I, I wish I could see them not through the lens of nostalgia to tell you if they were actually good or not, but of I course. thought they were fucking fun and hilarious. That said... Uh, what y'all been watching? You guys been watching spooky movies for Halloween or reading anything cool? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Tom's Halloween yeah, cackle is my favorite. Tom's witch-like cackle is my favorite thing that we've had about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm not watching anything. What are you watching, Cordelia? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you know. I'm watching. I'm watching something right now, literally on mute. And it's uh, walkthroughs of the Silent Hill games. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty. I don't fun. think I ever that's actually finished one of those. You know, I finished the first one. I didn't. I and I think I almost finished the second, but I just. It's it's just a kind of passive time, you know. Like um, I was doing some housework, and I just had some some do do some walkthroughs of the game. Um, I also watched the uh, Brothers Cosmos film, um, uh, Future. And oh, that, oh, uh, nice. that was, that was very, very <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations on getting that up on Amazon, guys. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, thanks. Chris did most of it. <laughs> well, either way, he's still part of your company, and you're still yeah. part of his company. Congratulations! No, I just want to give credit to you. Yeah, Chris was the Chris was the champion of it because once it was done, I have a tendency. I have a bad tendency to finish something and just go done with that. What's next? <laughs> oh, don't we all? Don't we all? Um, so it's yeah, good to I have feel like people in your life that carry things to the end. Yeah, I know. For me, like none of what I've done like means anything it's only what is on my calendar for the future that matters yeah, and I, to me and i don't know if this is true for you but my favorite part is making a thing not necessarily talking Ooh, about yeah. it afterwards and like getting mm-hmm. people's opinion i do enjoy hearing people talk to me about the film i'm not trying to be a dick about that i'm just saying like no for like sure the part sure. i really enjoy is like i like writing it first then when it gets to editing i start hating it a little bit and then i really love making a film and I really fucking hate editing a film. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I mean, I love, like, with uh, with our band, with me and Tom, like, I'd rather just play in the basement all the time. But also, I don't want to be a basement band. Like, I hate going in the studio. I hate, like, playing live shows. But also, like, I look forward to those. But I'd rather just be playing in the basement just with me and my three best friends. <laughs> I, to- I totally get that. When I look back on playing music, the times that I remember are always the times of like, yeah, like in high school when I had my band. The thing I remember the most about being in a band is taking breaks to play like Conker's Bad Fur Day and 007. <laughs> that was the best part of being in a band was like, yeah, having yeah, fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the hangout. 
to hang out. Like having friends is the best part of doing a thing. And that's the same with filmmaking. It's like, I get to hang out with all these people. Everyone's excited. There's an energy on a film set where everybody's like, we're doing it because most of these people are got into the business to make film. And much like myself, they spend most of their time making fucking commercials that they a lot of times don't really give a shit about emotionally. They're fun to make because we like the people we make them with, but they're not like attached to it. So when they're on a film set, it like amplifies your excitement. It becomes contagious and it's fun. You know, it would be like if you painted a big group of people, you'd be like, God, all these people like my painting and they all like painting and we're all feeding off each other. I mean, unfortunately for both of you, the art you make is pretty fucking solitary, but that collective experience amplifying that is really nice. Mm -hmm. This got really pretentious. You can tell, you know, what's funny when I'm tired, the podcast, very high level. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I was talking to Josh the other day. Do Do you guys remember the movie 12 Monkeys? Oh, oh yeah. it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember what the plot was at the end of 12 Monkeys, what the guy's plan was to infect everybody in the world with the virus? Oh, yeah. Do you guys actually remember it? Yeah. There is oh, no yeah. plot. So no, the, no, the, the dude <laughs> from the lab gets on airplanes, uh, infects himself with the virus, and just travels all over the world, right? Oh, yeah. So currently, our president, and I will not get too political, has been doing <laughs> airport <laughs> rallies. Where John Kennedy flies into an airport where a big group of people who refuse to wear masks have a, par- a pandemic party at a super spreader event. He waves for a minute, yells about how America's fucked and he's going to save it. And then he pops back on that plane and does it somewhere else. So D Trump on his last run has decided to 12 monkeys America. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Which so is true. so good. It's so funny. Like, I just, I just wonder, like, who, who says Brad Pitt? You know. <laughs> also, Twelve Monkeys might be my favorite movie soundtrack. Twelve Monkeys is oh, a yeah, fucking fantastic soundtrack. The Pixies yeah. are on that yeah, too, right? Or am I making that up? Just because Brad Pitt's in it. I don't, uh, I don't remember them being on it. They might be. I'm looking I, it up. I don't know. I'm looking up for the Twelve Monkeys soundtrack. Um, yeah, Twelve Monkeys is a killer movie. I think it's probably my favorite Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Possibly my favorite Bruce Willis film, honestly. Tom Waits is on this thing. Crazy. Yeah, a lot of uh, awesome string music. Uh, apparently a song from Woody Woodpecker. I think that probably plays in the Insane Asylum movie, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. The theme from Vertigo, the movie Vertigo is in it. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of awesome movie themes and then like a bunch of like beautiful string scores and then some really great Tom Waits music. It's a dope soundtrack. Um, let me uh, ask y'all something. I know you talked about Halloween last week. Did any of you do any Halloween stuff now that it's right around the corner? Did any of you guys like carve pumpkins or do anything Halloweeny to kind of capture the spirit? Ew, we're doing pumpkins either tomorrow night or the night after. Well, that's rad. So that's going to be fun. Rad. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like one of the things that I look forward to the most these days for Halloween is pumpkin carving. You know, it's funny. I, I've always, I, I always loved the idea of carving a pumpkin, but, and I'm usually like into gross shit, but pumpkin cuts on my hands bums me out. So oh my fucking God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like the sound and the feel of it really brings <laughs> me down. You know, what's funny is everybody hates that part. I don't mind gutting pumpkins. I usually end up gutting like three or four. Like usually I'll have a few friends over and carve pumpkins and I'll, clean everybody's out <laughs> once someone taught me like the big <laughs> serving spoon method it became much better for me oh right 
But like until I learned that you can just like before I knew you could just grab a big serving spoon and just scrape the inside one time and right. scoop it out. I was like, this takes so fucking long. When we were kids, <laughs> we just did it with our hands. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. It takes like an hour yeah. to clean a pumpkin out with your fucking hands. Like, I, you, it, I remember trying. an ice cream scoop at one point in our family as well. Like it oh, was yeah, a yeah. really long and intensive method. Mm-hmm. You're trying to grab <laughs> some wet strings slipping between your fingers over right. and over again. Right. The tighter you squeeze, the worse your situation gets. Well, we always got like <laughs> pumpkin carving kits. I would have like two knives with like a little scraper, like scooper. So we would always use those. It's funny that you mentioned that because now that you've said that, I remember always getting those scrapers and having no idea what the fuck it was ah. for. <laughs> I, I have uh, so many distinct memories of those cheap little like, like the things that you hold a corn cob with level handle and then like yeah. a saw, almost a saw, but with rounded points uh, blade on it that would bend the moment yes. you poked it into a pumpkin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You got one pumpkin like, well, that fucker if you were lucky and then it was just destroyed. <laughs> the only things, the only things ch- shittier or cheaper than pumpkin carving sets are fucking egg dyeing sets. Egg dyeing sets are trash. It's like literally a wire, and that's it. Yeah, and they charge like thirteen dollars <laughs> for like a wire in like three food dye uh, tablets. Did I tell you guys I got right, a right. test? You did what? So you got a I, got the, I got the COVID test when I came back from Iowa. I waited. I, I, oh, uh, cool. I quarantined for two days. I got my, my first COVID test. Have any of you guys done that yet? No. Josh, Josh, have you? Yeah. Yeah, you did it. Have you guys uh, had the nasal ones? Yeah, like yeah. So Josh, Q-tips? Yeah, so Josh, yeah. Josh you, you had a pretty normal experience when you did it, right? Yeah, I mean, other than that, the person that was giving me my test was like way more ready than I was. Uh, she told me to roll my window down. I rolled the window down. She said to lean my head back and I started to ask her a question and she already had the Q-tip deep in my nose, (laughs) at which point my eyes completely watered over and I went, (laughs) and and then she went up the second nostril and uh, and I noticed she was walking away through my blurred vision was like, how long before I get results? (laughs) Um, so I I had a very different experience. I, uh, I did the drive-through test. I don't know if you did the drive-through, Josh. I did the drive-through. Um, yeah, I did mine, the drive-through mine was test. like I pulled into a, a parking spot, and they just kind of walked up to me and just did like a, a quick stab, like, like a quick stab, like they shanked your fucking brain. I did a drive-through <laughs> test uh, where I was literally in a drive-through line, and the nurse was flying out of the side door. So I'd been talking to the the woman who did mine uh, earlier, and she's really nice and fine person. And then she comes back. And we've talked about this on the podcast for whenever I'm in the slightest bit of discomfort or getting a medical procedure, I just start fucking rambling. So <laughs> the second she inserted the longest cute I've ever seen in my life in my nose, I thought it was in all the way. And then she pushed up some more and I just go, oh, yeah, you're really getting in there. And then I started laughing uncontrollably because I said that to her when she was doing it. And, uh, and then she so then she like had to go a little bit deeper. And I go when I think you're done, you get a little deeper in there, don't you? And then I started laughing even harder <laughs> and she started laughing. So when she was laughing and I was laughing, it was just enough bob of my head in her hand that it jammed too far in. And it hit like, it hit like a spot in my nose that forced me to sneeze. Oh God. So the thing was still in my nose and I covered my mouth to sneeze. And when I covered my mouth, I held the sneeze in, which meant my head just jerked straight down onto the Q-tip. And when I did that, blood just poured out of my fucking nostril. 
No way. <laughs> which which oh. led me to uh, laugh even harder because <laughs> there was blood coming out of my face and I felt stupid. Uh, to which the woman looked horrified. <laughs> she walked away and told me, they would call me with my test results in 15 minutes and she brought me back a gauze, which I shoved into my nose, put my mask on and then put my face shield on because I had to go to Meyer to pick up food. And I was walking around Meyer. <laughs> with just blood pouring into a gauze in my mask and a face shield on, which I found later had a little bit of a blood stain on the outside of the mask under my face shield. So I probably looked like a complete fucking psychopath in the mic so, afterwards. So Rob, would you say she carved your pumpkin? I would say that. She carved a fucking perfect triangle which she tore my face off. And, and, and to be clear, it was 100% my fault. And I, I don't know anyone else who has bled from a COVID-19 test. So 100% on me. No, you did it, friend. You did. That was great. <laughs> Also, COVID free. In case you were wondering, didn't get COVID no, in Iowa. I have to get another test uh, <laughs> next Wednesday, which I'm also pleased to announce to all of you on the house or, or on the podcast. Next Wednesday, I'm closing on my house. Oh, nice! Congratulations! Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna have. A, I'm gonna be doing this from a new house at some point because they have 30 days of occupancy that they may or may not take. Uh, in the next month, mm-hmm. in the next month. So I'm cool, pretty excited cool, about cool. that. I've never owned anything, uh, you know, in my nice, life. So it's nice. a big deal for me. <laughs> so going going back to those COVID tests, you know, having cystic fibrosis, I've had those tests for the past 20 years. So it's very interesting to hear everybody talk about it. I get it like four times a year. You're a tiny, <laughs> so like, you're a, you're a tiny person. That's what The I needle hear. must be so much worse to you. <laughs> Or uh, the, the Q-tip. I mean, I keep calling it yeah, a needle because of my experience with it. It's fun. It's fun. So, yeah, no, <laughs> it's so interesting to hear everybody talk about it. I'm like, yep, this sounds so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm learning about myself is uh, the more painful the thing is, the more, for some reason, I think it's hilarious that it's happening to me when I'm getting these things done. <laughs> right. No, that's the right reaction. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, tell I that she literally has never had anyone start laughing when they do it. Because like it was just so like literally the tone of my voice went up and everything. I was like, oh okay, that's not so bad. Oh, you really get in there, aren't you? Just talking shit to her. I didn't even mean to. It's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing. It's like what my brain does. If I'm in any discomfort, I just start talking shit. <laughs> it's not a bad reaction to have, Rob. It's not a bad one at all, man. So, um, so Halloween plans uh, because I wasn't here last time. Uh, Satara and I, I think, are going to drive uh, out to Jackson Cemetery, which there's like a mile long cemetery out in Jackson. Just go hang out in the cemetery for a while and go for a nice long walk and hang out. I think it'd be fun. Oh, neat. Are you guys doing that in the daytime or at night? Daytime. I, I, you know, I thought about doing cool shit. I actually looked up a bunch of like abandoned prisons and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like 40. I feel like it's not the time to get arrested for right, uh, right. trying to catch ghosts. Also, I feel like I could, I'm old enough where I could go through the proper channels and I have enough existence of a media presence online that I could just make up a ghost hunting show and we could all just go through those things. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait to make up a ghost hunting show with you. I'm like, yeah, it's called. I tell you, okay, I'm going to say one word of the ghost hunting show, and then we're going to go to Josh, then Cordelia, then Tom. You're going to finish it. It's called Ghosts Party. My turn? Boop mm-hmm. Town. Oh. What did Cordelia Don't say? I, just, I said nothing. I said my turn. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, the, so the show is called Ghost Party, My Turn Town. No, I'm just kidding. Let's do it again. So Ghost Party Town. Cordelia, finish it up. <laughs> ghost Party Town Cemetery. <laughs> Oh shit, back to me. 
massacre. Wait, Wait Tom, Tom did say Spook Town, I believe. Oh shit! So it's spook Ghost town. Party, Spook Town. Let's start again. Let's start again. I don't. I I, I delete my. I, I delete my word. Let's start it from you top. Know, let's not, start it from the top because Ghost is not a good place to start. I think I'm going to say it's called Adventures. Uh, Who's next? Because it goes me, order. Hold on, hold on. This should not be that hard. This is a simple <laughs> improv game. It goes me, oh, no, Josh, no. Cornelia, Tom. You ready? Oh, okay. Adventures. Haunted. Ghost. Experience. I... Lifetime. Demons. <laughs> Is anyone writing this down? <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Listen, I'll be the stenographer. I got it. I got a. I got a paper. Where are we we at so far? Where are we at so far? I don't know. Haunted. Oh, my God. How are we fucking this up? All right. One more time. I believe it was adventure colon haunted ghost adventure colon. No, we're done. We're starting over. We're starting from scratch. We need a new one. Tom, are you saying it? Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, before we get into it any further, I do think we can say VHS playback. As in, you, you've heard of the films VHS 1 and 2. Well, this is oh, yeah. VHS playback, and we're going to be filming in this location. I think they'd be like, oh, okay. That would work. Also, you are hearing me go for a second round of peanut butter cups. <laughs> God damn it. I earned them. You earned All right, them. here we go. Rob, you earned this. You deserve them. So me, Josh, Cordy, Tom. Sure. I'm going to start with Ghastly. Hiking. What? <laughs> no, that's my that's my word. What? We are we're so <laughs> ghastly hiking. What? We are we're <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're ghastly hiking. What we're made of ghouls <laughs> in panties. You always just say said panties. You said panties. That's mm-hmm. what I thought you said. Exclamation points. Can that just be my word? I'm good with it. It's three of them. How many? Yeah. Three? We're doing three? Yeah. Graveyard. <laughs> oh, um graveyard time. Extravaganza. I think I might have ended it. <laughs> what do we come up with? Is this Rob, you title? Rob, we, you we ended up the with... first word. <laughs> this is our ghost show. What is our ghost show no, called? We did, no, we did. It's called it's called Ghastly Hiking, What We're Made of, Ghouls and Panties. Get graveyard time extravaganza. So now when I call the city of Traverse City to go break into an old house, I'm gonna have to say that on the phone to a human <laughs> being <laughs> convincingly. <laughs> How many times are you going to say city when you say Traverse City? Uh, I think the, I think if I say the city way. of Do you think if I said the city of Traverse, if I said the city of Traverse, they'd be like, this guy is serious. Sounds official. Yeah, it sounds super legit. What, what would you say? But what would you say after you say the title? Starting with you, Josh, you know, Cordelia and myself. What would you say after you say the title? So I'm on the phone right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so hold on. Oh, let's do no, 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 no. New game, uh, Tom. I am, yes. I, I am, I am the owner of a famous abandoned insane asylum. I'm going to answer the phone. 
And Josh, you have to start the conversation with me. It goes, Josh Cordelia Tom. And you guys have to convince me that you're going to shoot your show in my place. But you each can only <laughs> say one part of the sentence. Okay, you ready? So, so Josh, you started. How is this confusing? Uh, for, first, um, Tom, do we have a good acronym for, for what we just said? Is, that a, is it a good acronym? I think it's going to come um, out. It's out. more of an initialism that makes no sense. It's a, it, it is literally a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Eggs. It's a twelve-letter initialism. Eggs is the acronym. Tom, can you say the um, can you say the title one more time just so everybody can memorize it? Just one. You just say it once, and everybody's going to memorize it. Ghastly <laughs> hiking. What we're made of: ghouls and panties. Graveyard time extravaganza. So you guys got that? All right, so here we go. Bring, bring, bring. Hi, this is uh, Sam Elliott. I own the local uh, insane asylum. How can I help you today? Boy, have I got a pitch for you. No, oh, do you? Uh, what, what are you pitching me? Is this Sam Elliott the actor? You know, I get that a lot. It's really, uh, you know, my name is actually spelled, uh, Elliott is spelled with an A. It's uh, it's A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T. Uh, so yeah, no, it's just a, it's just a weird coincidence. Well, we don't care about that. We have an opportunity for you. An opportunity. It started rude, but it ended exciting. What is this opportunity? <laughs> what if we told you we had a, a great project to uh, to really increase the tourism of this building that I assume you would like tourism at? You know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of people going in it, but tourism, you say? Sam Elliott, would you like to be the second Sam Elliott actor? Because we have a movie pitch for you. You know what? God damn it, I'm here to hear it. Well, you know, it's not actually a movie pitch per se. It's more of a, you know, tourist opportunity that would be held in your building, which, I mean, we assume is haunted. Uh, you know, I can't speak to the how much it is haunted. I can speak to the fact that I've seen ghosts there. What, what is this opportunity called? Yes, well, uh. And you know, I do love consistency. So, uh, you know, I'd love to hear the name of it repeated a few times during this call. So what is this opportunity called? This opportunity is called making making it so Google no longer says, did you mean Sam Elliott with an E? Ooh. That's what this opportunity is called. Now, that sounds great, doesn't it? That does sound great. You know, I'm going to need a title on the actual project. Though. I like the cut of your jib, but what is the title of this project? Okay, let me go to my producer and see if they can rattle it off for you. Okay, let's hear from this producer. Who's it? What does this producer sound like? Hey, Bill! Yeah, what's the show called again? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Bill said that it's called Ghastly Hiking, What We're Made Of, Ghouls and Panties, Graveyard Time Extravaganza. Sounds like a mouthful, but I do like an extravaganza. Is there any kind of abbreviation that works for this? <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know what? Uh, I don't like to hear a lot of no's uh, when I'm talking business, but I will tell you what. I like the fact that you're willing to do it. Say no to me. I like that. Good. We're so happy to be working with you, and we hope that you sign on to this project. I'm going to need just a little, like one more thing to convince me to sign on to this project, I think. Yes, which is the opposite of no. 
I'm in. Let's make uh, ghastly hiking uh, ghost town wee weird well, extravaganza. Wolves and panties and garbage. I'm With panties. With panties. <laughs> I'm in. Sold. Guys, it's a sold project. <laughs> it's a project sold. We did it. I want to take a minute to congratulate us here tonight on VHS Playback. We sold uh, Sam Elliott, not the actor, on uh, one more time on that project name, Tom. Ghastly hiking, what we're made of, ghouls and panties, grave ta- graveyard time extravaganza. A title Very so memorable. complicated. Very a title memorable. so complicated you can't even fucking read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking ghastly about? Hiking, uh, that's, ghastly hiking. Ghastly hiking does sound good. Yeah, ghastly hiking is kind of that's kind of neat. You know? Maybe um, to you, Tom. Did you say ghoul Maybe. time? I like ghoul time too. Ghouls and ghouls and panties. That's that's kind of that's kind of a you know it's like our that'll be our that'll be our Pornhub channel. Um, <laughs> so and, no, no uh, wait no then, one no one no one said ghoul time at any point. Uh, I no, said no, ghoul. Yeah. Ghoul. yeah. Because ghoul. I was thinking ghoul, ghoul time is a show where we have Tim Allen and the actor who played Al Borland, whose name I don't recall. Oh, funny. Uh, go hunt ghosts, ghosts in old abandoned that's hardware stores that's and super also. Good. I would watch the shit out of it. Could you imagine Dude. the first time uh, Al Borland goes, Tim, did you hear something? And he goes, oh. That is good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it yeah. was really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we talked about ooh, the Santa Claus uh, on this podcast, <laughs> like like Tim Allen Santa Claus. Yeah, we talked about that. I don't think we have. I've never well, I don't seen think it. We have, no. No. So the yeah, plot to the Santa Claus, <laughs> the plot to the Santa Claus is much like the plot to the Highlander. <laughs> Whereas if you <laughs> kill the Santa Claus, you get his powers. <laughs> How many Santas do you have to behead? Just the one one. until someone comes for you. And that's really how it works. So I I remember right now, I've not seen this movie since I was an older child. I mean, I I was probably too old to be watching Santa Claus by the time I saw it. It's also very clever because the Santa Claus took me years to get that joke because he finds a clause in the pocket that says, if you kill Santa, you have to be Santa. I still don't get it. So basically, Santa Claus is up on Tim Allen's roof. I remember right, he makes a noise or something and Santa falls to his death. And then he tries to find the man's wallet to identify him. He finds the Santa Claus. And then if I remember, he puts the suit on as to not horrify his children with the corpse mm. of uh, a fat old man uh, who at this point he does not believe is the real Santa Claus. And once uh, doning the suit, he becomes Santa Claus. Okay. So I like in this it. universe, like there is a man who lives eternally unless murdered and has superpowers. And all you have to do to get his superpowers is murder him and put on his clothes. So funny. So Ugh. once you know that, you are wasting your life if you are doing anything besides trying to kill and wear the and don the clothes of Santa Claus. <laughs> so I mean, let's go around. If you were Santa, would you wear a bulletproof vest? Would you carry like an arsenal of weaponry to be on guard at all points? Like how paranoid well, would you be? That's what, what I would do you. is what what I would do is is I would live in the North Pole where no one will fucking visit me. Really, yeah. I mean, I must. I'm right, right with Tom on that. Nice, I'm right with Tom on nice. that. First thing you do is you cut out any kind of home invasion antics you're gonna pull. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I guess you would just hire a team of assassin elves to protect you. Yeah, or you know, uh, shipped. 
uh, is good. You know, Postmates, you don't really need to do any of the work these days. I'm assuming because the elves can make an Xbox, they could probably make me a pile of cash to pay all these people. Right. right, right. <laughs> I, I don't quite recall in the film, but like, do the elves trust me now that I'm, I'm, that I'm the Santa Claus? I think whoever wears the clothes oh, gets yeah. to control the elves. Uh, like the robots. Wow. It's a little I, be- I believe up. one of the plots of like a sequel was just Santa's brother was like, hey, you killed my brother and now you're pretending <laughs> to be him and I'm upset. Like, but like the, the, <laughs> thing that, the thing that's so incredible about that film <laughs> to me is that that is a literal children's movie where the plot is if you murder a man, you then are responsible for what that man had, which is very much like an early Western America say, if you were living on the plains and you died, your brother would come and marry your wife. And that was his duty if he was unmarried. <laughs> I, so I <laughs> right. What happens if you kill Santa's brother? I think you just inherit uh, depression. Okay. <laughs> you put on his you put on you put on Santa's brother's coat and you feel like less than your brother. <laughs> I Got believe it. that Santa's brother was Jack Frost <laughs> as played by uh Martin, Martin Short. Short. Martin Short, who is an actor that I very much enjoy, but is also always plays an obnoxious fucking nightmare. And it's like, I love seeing Martin Short, but also I know I'm in for a lot of yelling. I just watched his comedy special last night, him and Steve Martin, funny enough. <laughs> the old, like an older one? No, they just put one out like maybe a year or two ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it, it's what you expect from them too. Steve Martin is like considered by a lot of comics to be like the greatest comic who ever lived or one of the greatest comics who ever lived. And I got to say, I've never actually seen him do stand up. I mean, he definitely has, you know, he's definitely one of the originators. I mean, he definitely has an old style at this point. So it's, I don't know. I don't know if it holds up. I mean, it's still funny and it's still nice to see, you know, it's, it's just like, we want to get our rock and roll unless the Rolling Stones took it from X and took it from X. So, I mean, that's how I feel about comedy from him but no i I love steve martin at this point but but i don't know i saw the jerk i saw the jerk and you know what guys i i don't get it really yeah i don't get it yeah i I, it was i I think i had why it could be funny but i did i didn't think it was all that i think i had a similar experience with the jerk um but my favorite one of my favorites if not my favorite film of all times is um little shop of horrors the musical Oh, of course. Oh, sure, yeah. And yeah, Steve yeah. Martin as the dentist in that is just fucking phenomenal. So that's kind of where my brain goes when I think of Steve Martin. I also remember thinking that the film Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was very funny, and it probably does not hold up and is extremely problematic, but at the time I thought it was hilarious. Uh, also, I saw The Jerk at a young age and thought it was very funny. I think a lot of comedy from that era just straight up doesn't work through the lens of today. Yeah, and I mean, like a lot of uh, like uh, Mel Brooks's old films, which I loved growing up. Rewatching them, I'm like, ooh, we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, right. A lot of it just doesn't hold up, and like you said, sign of times, and just a different tone. Every this world has. Yeah, every day is a winding road. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I agree. (laughs) Is uh, (laughs) Is that Shania Twain? It is Shania Twain. Or, or Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Who knows? Same thing. Yeah, same um, thing to me. Not really at so all, but I'll go with that. If you kill <laughs> Cheryl Crow, 
do you get her superpowers? Like, if do you, you kill become... Shell Crow, you become a crow. You become the crow. Become <laughs> crow. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Brandon. That's how Brandon Lee got it. And unfortunately for him, she had put a real bullet in that gun. Okay. Now, what about her sister Shania Twain? Uh, <laughs> if you kill Shania Twain, uh, you become a train with a speech impediment. Now, do they also have elves protecting them? <laughs> Uh, they have so elf, elf, elf is protecting them. <laughs> <laughs> the alien life from, form from television. From Melmac. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That's coming back, by the way. They're making new seasons. Shut up. No, Actually, hey, while we're on the subject, Josh, do me a favor. Look up the last episode of Elf and see if you can find a recap of it uh, real quick on your computer. Do you guys know that that show ended it fucking insanely? <laughs> no. no. I, I loved Elf as a kid, but I don't so, remember anything besides him chasing cats. Like that's so all Elf, I remember. Right now, we're going to take five minutes, and we're going to talk about the way Elf ended and the way the television series Dinosaurs ended. Dinosaurs. I remember dinosaurs, like the uh, the asteroids. Right, they came and exploited. It's exploded yeah, but it's Earth. even crazier than that. There's like a whole weird like communist plot where like a government tries to take over and they all fucking die. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, the final episode of Alf was titled Consider Me Gone. <laughs> series finale uh, aired on March 24th of 1990. Alf receives a broadcast from Skip and Rhonda while using Willie's shortwave radio. They tell Alf that they have purchased a planet and want to help him make a new Melmac. Alf oh says God. goodbye to the Tanners as he leaves the house. They make plans to pick up Alf, but the alien task force intercepted the transmission and Alf is captured before he can be picked up. That's the whole episode description. That's it. Whoa. So that's how that fucking show ends. That show ends with the fucking government finds Alf. You assume he's going to be tortured and dissected. And then the show got canceled. Uh, sounds so, kind of wow. like ET. Oh yeah, it, it ends with a to be continued screen where you yep. see you see Alf standing in the middle uh, of a bunch of uh, like they look like pilots, uh, but but agents and with some suitcases and some boxes in like a tiny trench coat, looking kind of bummed out. There's nothing funnier to me than taking a, what is a cult classic in a huge show like a huge hit and being like. Hey, we're going to end this bitch on a cliffhanger and never come back to it. And there's something so inherently funny to me about that. I'm into that. Yeah. Anything that, has a, anything that has a massive fan base like that and then not getting closure out of it is fucking hilarious. Yeah. No, that's super good. Josh, can you bring up the last episode of Dinosaurs while we, while we continue to discuss? Well, uh, really quick, something that I want to bring up that I, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way I could verify it uh, was I remember hearing the the rumor that the uh, the guy that was the dad on Elf, the moment that his last scene was shot, promptly walked straight to his car, drove off set, and said goodbye to no one. <laughs> I the crew on Elf, um, the crew and the other actors hated being on that show. The writers hated being on that show. Oh, really? and, they, and they frequently got injured because the set was built as though the puppet was the most important thing on the set. So they would have just holes and like trap doors and shit that people would frequently get right. hurt. Right. Oh my god. Yeah, I know that's that's pretty standard with all like Muppetry stuff, right? So, but usually the sets with the Muppets are built to like, you know, like when Sesame Street has a guest on. When Sesame Street has like 
one of the Beatles come on to sing a song, they're not like going to be like Elmo's right. the star here. So get the fuck out of Elmo's way. And that's how they right. treat the cast of Elf. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'll have to see episodes. I, I, I think I'd be pretty good at kind of seeing what the vibe of the, of the actors are, you know what I mean? Or, or maybe they're just really good actors, you know, like picking can. up on it. Well, all that shit yeah, was so pick up on like some sort of hate, you know, like, all that shit was so cheesy back then. It's hard to tell because like nobody really emoted in, in like nineties television, you know, okay. it was all like, they yeah. all had like that very like false sense of everything. I, I was trying to think about it. Satara and I were talking about that the other day. Cause I, we just started watching, we started watching homicide life on the streets, which was like the precursor to the wire. And it has like okay. super good acting and it's shot like a documentary and it's definitely like way ahead of its time. But, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember when shows got better. The X-Files right. is a series that has like a weird transitional moment. It's like, like the show looks kind of trashy and it's very formulaic. It's still great because it's the X-Files. And then like in season three or four, all of a sudden it looks super cinematic and the acting is much better. Right. Yeah, it definitely had a curve. It's so weird. It's like somewhere in that time period. And like It's like in 1995, people figured out TV could be like a good art form or something. Not that I don't love classic TV, but it's just a very different vibe. I also like like kind of that old style of TV because it has a certain campiness element to it, to where it's almost like more like you're seeing a play like in exactly in cheers it, cheers yeah 100 finds that finds that niche like, or yeah. it feels like a play so I, I i was looking into the dinosaurs thing uh so dinosaurs finished airing on episode 407 and then there were seven episodes that were already filmed that were never aired except for on the disney channel oh, oh so wow. they actually had more yeah so there was uh there, there was a a, a video release of it with the complete third and fourth seasons. But yeah, there were seven, there were seven episodes that continued after the end of the, what, what happened on air. Uh, but what happened, what happened on air, the final episode of dinosaurs, which was the one that was called the changing of the seasons uh, was so uh, I'm looking at an episode summary was, oh, Changing Nature was the name of it. Uh, it begins with the characters expecting the arrival of the bunch beetle, which was an insect that lives on an invasive poppy. It was supposed to be coming in swarms, but only one beetle shows up because the We Say So Corporation paved over the breeding ground of the beetles. So now the poppies grew out of control and the We Say So Corporation decided to spray a defoliant that would kill all of the poppies, which backfires and all plant life on the planet is killed. We say so, the We Say So Corporation specializes in processed foods with no nutritional content, so it's successful, but it decides that plants will grow again if they can make it rain, and so in order to make it rain, they drop bombs into volcanoes, which mm-hmm. causes ash to block out the sun, and the earth begins mm-hmm. to freeze. Uh, and it ends with the dinosaur family sit, sitting in front of the television uh, as the world slowly freezes. So real quick, as that happens, uh, remember everyone remember that that's the Not the Mama show. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, that is such a hard left turn. By the way, it was an anti-capitalist message, not a, not a communist message. I was wrong on that. <laughs> but that is, such a, that is such a hard turn into a different direction. <laughs> Like whoever did that was having a bad year or super upset. Actually, you know what's another? Do you guys remember there was a cartoon on Nickelodeon called The Angry Beavers? Yeah. yeah. 
So Angry Beavers was a cartoon that I fucking loved. Um, apparently, they got in trouble for a joke they made. So Nickelodeon just straight fucking threatened to cancel them. And when they did that, the uh, lead creator of the show made a whole episode that was just around saying fuck Nickelodeon over and over again. And he released <laughs> it as a sketch art with the voice actors. Ah. And you can totally watch it online. But it's just a giant ah. middle finger to Nickelodeon. And he tried to put it on the air, but they stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh. I love I love that that dude was like, all right, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's like, dude, you are a cartoon creator. This is great. Like, there's no <laughs> world where you should be this mad. You make a kid's cartoon that's absolutely bonkers. You should have just been like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we can we can back off on using damn as a joke and a double entendre. <laughs> 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 um, so how you guys been? Anything new going on? Anything uh cool? I am the new owner of a bamboo bead uh, doorway. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that shit. That is very cool. Funky yeah, times. Yeah. And is it, does it, it go is, into your kitchen? Well, what it does is it goes from my living room towards my kitchen. Yes, what? yes, it does. Like that. Um, yeah. And what is painted on it is an outdoor scene, like kind of a river, you know, some forest going around it. Maybe a little hillage in the background and everything, a little sky, you know. It's uh it's really it's really calming. It's really calming. There isn't any animals. There's no there's okay. no there's no uh fauna, um, just flora and uh and landscape, really. You know, I'm really enamored by it. Although I have been watching a lot of spooky, uh spooky uh uh content over at um Casa Casa de Bestie. Uh, so <laughs> when the, when the heater comes and I have turned my heat on, you know, uh, uh, since, uh, since it gotten a little cold out, but when the heat comes on, of course, this, uh, my doorway, this bead doorway kind of subtly moves and waves and everything. <laughs> so, you know, I, I look at it sometimes and I say, huh, so that's moving now. And I'll just kind of you know, kind of sit still for a minute and then, you know, like, uh, just kind of wait for it to stop, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that's my life. Haunted by the thing that makes you happiest. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. It's Um, beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah. It's it's a really great. Wait, what's, what's spooky stuff are you watching? Well, no, I mean, I'm just watching like, you know, uh, YouTube, you know, uh, YouTube's really, as far as like, I get uh, it. I tried watching um, From Beyond with uh, a gentleman from, uh, uh, you know, he was a reanimator. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I didn't make it through. I haven't made it through yet. It's I've actually never of- seen From Beyond. It's a movie I've been told that I should have seen uh, a bunch of times by now, but I've never seen it. So Tara and I started, um, what's it called the other day? Speaking of like body horror, we started um, Scanners, which I've nice. never seen. Yeah, uh, I saw Scanners is cool. Scanners like with uh, a Weller? Uh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg did oh. Scanners. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I'm thinking of Screamers. My, oh, whatever. I've never yeah, seen yeah, Screamers yeah, either. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Scanners is a horror classic that I tried to watch when I was way too tired to get through it. So I will be revisiting it this weekend, I hope. <laughs> I, I like Scanners. I like Scanners quite a bit. I think, I think you'd dig it. I think you'd dig it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Classic Cronenberg, for real, like just classic. Uh, 
100%. Oh, uh, I have something on cue. Um, you know, in the advent of like, you know, the West Coast, like lighting on fire and now, you know, uh, Colorado, um, there is a movie called Firestorm and it has um, fucking this football player as like the uh, lead role. It's uh, oh, uh, oh my god! I should know this. I remember when this movie came out. I never watched it. It's but, um, but William William Forsythe is the um, Howie Howie Long. Howie Long. Uh, yes, yeah. William Forsythe is the is the villain, and it is it is one of my favorite underrated action films ever. And it's about uh, escaped convict played by uh, William Forsythe is trying to escape his, well, you know, trying to escape uh, this fire. Uh, and it involves uh, the character uh, Firefighter uh, being played by Howie Long, uh, who uh, kind of comes to the rescue to uh, stop uh, Wim Forsythe. Howie Long had a good run uh, there. I remember those movies well. he was in with uh, Kevin Cobb. <laughs> Sorry, I remember the movie he was in with uh, Kevin Costner called like 3,000 Miles to Graceland that my mom loved. My mom fucking oh. loved Kevin Costner. My mom was fucking oh, sopping wet for Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? He's got those vaginas on his hands. He had the worst uh, jeans in movies. Like Kevin Costner like, was very famous at a time when jeans looked very bad on a man. <laughs> and like, like, just... I, I love Kevin Costner because he had the most dad bod for like a leading role. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Costner, like, at the time Kevin Costner was famous, all jeans yeah. fit like you would put them on like a scarecrow in a field. So that's how all jeans fit on a man's body. It was like a scarecrow, <laughs> but with a bulge. <laughs> that's not how they're supposed to look. No, but Kevin Costner is a great actor. I'm trying to remember if when, I mean, Tombs, no, he wasn't in Tombstone. He was in Wyatt Earp. That's right. The other one, the, it came out the same year as Tombstone. It was probably a much better oh. movie, but goddamn, did I watch Tombstone a lot. That's a good question, though. Tombstone or Wyatt Earp? I mean, really? I mean, and if you're asking me, I mean, Waterworld all the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Cordelia, Cordelia I, have, I, I have been refraining from watching Waterworld Dude. just so oh, we can watch it together. Because I have, I have almost watched Waterworld about seven fucking times since since you've been talking about it. I, I know. I, bring, I feel like between yeah. me and Tom, we bring it up all the time. I don't remember. Have you never seen it? Or have you just not seen it since? I haven't seen it since it first came okay. out on VHS. Okay, I mean, oh, I must have been God. fucking 10 when the movie came out. Yeah. Oh, my God derailing for a second here a tombstone i have come to find out uh through through uh things that have been sent to me through through uh rob and i's brother i've come to find out that tombstone has like a very strange and very like focused following on facebook in which people use tombstone quotes in specific uh oh shoot what's what's the name of the the lead of that movie like the kurt russell Val Kilmer. It, it was oh, in the character. Why? Yeah, it's the character. The guy. It, it might. I oh, guess. Doc yeah. Holiday. Talking about Doc Holiday. With Val Kilmer. Smoke wagon. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the guy that's the the sweaty man who dies. Doc of, Holiday. It's Val Kilmer. So yeah, it's, it's Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer specifically quotes from his character, posted sometimes to mean political things, but there's both political groups on the left and the right, as well as apolitical Doc Holiday posting. 
Oh yeah, yeah. There's also there's also a, a large oh, group of uh, there's also it. a very large group of uh, white supremacists and uh, and Republican hate mongers that have co-opted Tombstone for memes. Yeah, uh, the pizza. Yeah, what do you want on your Tombstone, Courtney? <laughs> <laughs> green peppers and olives, green olives to be specific, and maybe cut to onions. cut to Tom, me, and Josh throwing onions and olives at Courtney's <laughs> grave. <laughs> Dice, please, dice. <laughs> you got um, your fucking olives. You got your crying. fucking olives. Just your fucking olives. I'm crying and like hitting your grave. <laughs> Why'd you use your olives this bad? <laughs> oh, I should have laughed that hard, but I love it. Oh, I look forward to those olives, those rotting well, olives. Take your um, olives with you to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad you couldn't uh, live to see this. Um, <laughs> what? That was good. Uh, you know, uh, I'm good. I'm okay with it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, so um, uh, what I'm watching is is kind of funny. It's it's nothing to do with uh, Halloween at all. So I, I've been working on this solo record that I'm about to start recording in the next you know week if I get this four track. But I've been starting to watch uh, Glee, and I've watched like the first four seasons, and I realize how fucking terrible of a singer I am after watching this. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> Are you kidding? They're so good. So yeah, I I think it's very funny. Have you seen Hamilton? Yeah. Uh, no, the the singer. The wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the musical, not Linda Hamilton from Terminator. Oh, okay. <laughs> the have, you seen, have you seen the play and now the film no, on Disney Plus Hamilton? So one of the main people from Glee is in it. He plays the king. Oh, really? It's okay. By far my favorite part of the entire thing. He's like a very small part, but every time he comes out, it's like just a fucking unbelievable performance and song every time. Oh, nice. Nice. By the way, if there's any background noise, it's because I'm literally watering my plants. While we talk, and I, I'm trying to keep it down, Josh. I apologize. Um, I just realized that uh, my plants—I've been heavily neglecting them since my Iowa trip, and they're not doing great. And I love my plants, guys. Did you take okay. them with you to Iowa? Yeah, they didn't like the road. No, what if I did? Mm. Every time I leave somewhere, though, I do have like at least a five-minute consideration of should I take my dog. The answer is always no, but I always have like a minute where I'm like, you can just live in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> You just live here. It's cool. You just hang out in the hotel. He'll like it. He won't like it. That's the truth. But in my brain, I'm like, I bet he'd like that hotel. I mean, you know, maybe he could use a, a little getaway. You know, a little break from the other one. Get his own space. Have his own place. Also, also be hilarious for housekeeping to open the door and they're like having to chase the dog down the halls. And oh, and he would yeah. definitely make a break for it. I actually stayed in Airbnb and not a hotel this time in Iowa. And the Airbnb I stayed in was uh, super cool because it was a condo. And it didn't have an address on it. That was the first thing. I think Josh was actually on the phone with me while I was figuring all this out. So, you know, I don't know if either of you have stayed in the Airbnb, but basically you're going to, to a house where there's a lockbox. Um, this is more for Cordelia than the audience. Basically, you're going to a house where there's a lockbox. Oh, I've been with have... you. Oh, yeah, that's We've right. We stayed in, in Airbnb, Airbnb together. together. You're just staying in a random <laughs> fucking house or apartment, right? Like, that's what it is at its core. You're staying in a random house or an apartment. So this one decided to not put an address on because they just redid the house. You know how fucking hard it is to find a house in a place you've never been before when it doesn't no, have an address on it? how hard is it? It's goddamn <laughs> impossible. So that was the first thing against it. 
And then it was a condo and the neighbors were fucking doing insane shit at all hours of the night, but it sounded like they were inside my house. <laughs> so I would wake up and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't turn that part of my brain off. That was like, they're not in your house because the first thing that you hear when you hear noise and light is they're in your house. So the second night I was there, I was like, maybe I'll sleep better if I just like lock the door, you know, I'll lock my room door. Well, uh, we've discussed this before, but sometimes I sleepwalk uh, and I have to assume this is what it is, but I heard a bunch of noise and I was like, well, fuck me, they're in my house. So I, <laughs> but I eventually fell back to sleep and I woke up in the morning and the door that I had locked was wide fucking open. Oh, no. So I'm assuming that I got up and unlocked the door because I couldn't sleep well because of my paranoia or they were in my fucking house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, sleepwalking and opening the door may be a more comforting, uh, comforting to you, though. I mean, like, oh, yeah, I, would prefer, I would definitely prefer if they weren't in my fucking house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. to what end would they have been in my house, though? Like nothing right. bad happened. So was it right. just to fuck with me? Actually, can we talk for two seconds about the tropes in ghost movies? <laughs> in haunted oh, yeah, totally. house yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. In haunted house movies, there has to be escalation, right? Like in order for a haunted house movie to work, the scares have to escalate as the movie progresses. And sure. that's so dumb <laughs> at its core. <laughs> because in every movie with ghosts, it posits a world where ghosts are just kind of like hanging out where you can't see them and watching you, which I guess is creepy, but it's not, right? Because like, if that's real, you never know that ghost was there. It only scares the audience. It's so, like, like being blind. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> people are ghosts to me. Like, real people are ghosts. Oh, yeah, I used to play landmines. Ooh, that's a profound statement, yeah. It is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, I guess I am just a memory to you. You're all and now just I'm going to perform. Memory. Now I'm going to perform "Memory" from Cats. Um, that was the first musical I saw on Broadway. Have we talked about this before? I don't know. I don't know Here's if I've thing. ever brought this up. How old were you when you saw that? I was probably fourteen. That's yeah. a good age to see cats, and here's why. Because when I was a teenager, <laughs> I remember the commercials from Cats, and I was horny for. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you could see dick and tits all over. <laughs> yeah. I mean there was like everything. Like person <laughs> a cat were you guys watching. Dude, it's oh, people in was... skin tight bodysuits writhing around on the floor. Uh, so, you yeah. watch the movie T Cats without thinking of a sexual thought. In fact, I know I used to think I was alone in this until the movie Cats came out and people were like, Hey, this movie's like super horny, right? And I was like, Oh thank God. Right. <laughs> oh thank god right yeah right I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not some weird fucking deviant monster or at least if i am there's a community of me no the whole time like i i felt very uncomfortable i was sitting next to my teacher we were on a band trip and um i was like ah i really like musicals but this is not translating <laughs> this just doesn't work for me did you nudge your teacher and go hey this is hot. <laughs> um, um, one Man. interesting, one interesting part of seeing cats is like I, my teacher was my chaperone for like my group of like four kids, and we went to um, we went to the Hard Rock Cafe before we ate, and I split like a big nacho with her, and it, like nachos and all the toppings and everything. And you guys know having cystic fibrosis, well, me having cystic fibrosis, it, my food doesn't always digest. So the whole time sitting next to my teacher <laughs> watching cats, I was farting the whole time. 
Oh. And that's what I remember about cats. <laughs> that's, really that's really funny because, like, uh, I was just thinking to myself before you got to the fart part, I was like, yeah. I don't think anyone should eat a large nacho before they have to sit still for hours in a public space. Did you state yourself at cats? <laughs> if you were your pants at cats, that would have been oh like, oh my God. One of those, that's one of those moments that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really need to celebrate. No, you guys would have known about this like way, many years ago. <laughs> and also, the best part about that was is, is there'd be a radius of folks that around no, you I'm were sorry. like, I shit what? myself. Or, or one time, one time, someone shit themselves near me <laughs> at Andrew Lloyd Webber's cats. <laughs> and also, depending on what time you shit yourself in the film, yeah. or sorry, the play in your case, it, it could be so well timed. True. It could be like the first time, like, uh, like, uh, oh my god, I have so many funny cat names in my in my head, and they, and they all zipped away the second I went to pull from one of them. The first time Mongo Jerry comes out, you just shit your pants, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it leaves at least five people questioning: is this is this part of it? They'd be like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. so, so, so you shit your pants. Like someone leans, yeah. someone leans yeah, over and goes, yeah, 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 you like shit your pants. You shit your pants the first time, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mephistopheles does a trick, and, and somebody behind you leans over and goes, I can smell the alley. I can smell the alleys of New York. I can smell the alley. <laughs> this, is the bold, this is the boldest depiction of an alley. I can smell the alley. I can smell, smell, smell Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I mean, the whole, <laughs> the whole set was just like garbage cans and just garbage heaps. That's because they used the same set at night to do stomp. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Not really. I did find out actually recently uh, um, because How Did This Get Made? Uh, good podcast, How Did This Get Made? I need my plug. They have millions of fans. Um, they, uh, they, um, they did... Um, Break into Electric Boogaloo. Have any of you guys seen Break into Electric Boogaloo? No, I've never heard of it. No. Oh, it's an awesome no. breakdancing film from the, <laughs> I believe the 90s, but there's a scene in it that's really fucking cool where one of the characters dances in this house. And this movie's made with like no money. They do this dance in, the, in their bedroom. And as they dance, all of a sudden they're on the wall and then the ceiling. And it always blew my mind how they did it. And I was like, the only way they could have done this is if the person choreographed the dance on a on a room that was built to spin in a circle but it always blew my mind because i was like there's no way they had the money to build that so it turns out according to paul Shear, the way they did that was um nightmare on elm street was filming in the same studio during the day and the crew made friends with nightmare on elm street in the scene where johnny depp gets sucked into the bed and all the blood yeah. out of it and that room was built to spin Really? So they yeah. just used the exact same bedroom set from Nightmare on Elm cool. Street to the dance in it. And they just <laughs> let them use it for free at night. And in order to, as a thank you, is they, they hung the Freddy Krueger glove in the background of that scene. If you pay attention, you can see it framed in the background. Oh, man, that's awesome. No way. Yeah, blew my mind when I heard about trivia. it. Uh, I was super excited about it. Also, uh, uh, those of us with vision, uh, Google uh, break, uh, well, I mean, Google break into and watch the house dance scene because it's amazing. I believe Ozone is the dance. <laughs> also, I think we should all get spinning rooms. Oh my God, I would love it. I always, you know what's funny is when I was a kid, <laughs> and by the way, when I was a kid, until like, you know, until pretty recently, I always imagined Last if I got a bunch of money, I would build like a cool mansion where there was like an upside down room in it, you know? 
Now, <laughs> you guys remember that Thai food restaurant, like Ten and Gratiot, that had like the uh, tables like on the ceiling? So I have zero memory of this, but people keep bringing this up to me, and I'm so bummed oh, I never went to it. Yeah, I mean, there were tables that were like perfectly dressed, like napkins and silverware and plates and everything, and they were like glued to the table that was like upside down, glued to the ceiling. It was so weird because there was just I a work restaurant. around there. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, no, it no, was it's like right closed for years. Guys, it was, right okay. next to, it was right next to FTs. Yeah, it's been closed for years. I, I like just, I remember it closed yeah. or it went under new ownership. But uh, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about it for years because the first time I heard about it was right after it was under new ownership. And somebody was like, oh, it's the coolest. Oh. There's tables on the ceiling and the food's amazing. And then right after that, I heard, oh, the food's garbage now. And they took all the cool shit off the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. It's not uh, there anymore. Which I would, take, I would take worse food for like an upside down dining room. Yeah. I mean, and then, <laughs> I think the most interesting part about going in there is like it was never addressed. It was never like talked about. It was just like, yeah, this is a, a restaurant. What do you want to eat? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything inherently Thai about an upside down room. No, no, so weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember this place like at all. <laughs> it sounds hilarious though. Yeah. Uh, okay, Rob, you, you asked a question at the beginning of the podcast. What foods are good when it's stale? Like when they're a little stale, at least. Like is that a is that a do you have something in mind or anything? To be though? clear, to be clear, I brought that up before we recorded. So let me rephrase this. Um, oh, I was saying that I fucking love. I was saying that I had a Theo's peanut butter cup, and they're a little bit drier than normal peanut butter cups, and Got that's it. fine. I'm okay with it. And I was saying I I right. love and have been made fun of this several times. If you let the puffy Cheetos get stale, they become like kind yeah. of soft and squishy, like packing peanuts. And I that's fucking right. love stale cheetos and oh i was wondering if there's any food that you guys like that is that you think is better when it's in a worse state totally have something in mind mcdonald's french fries like, oh, like the really? Typically like a- mcdonald's french fries i don't know what it's about but when they get softer and they lose that crunchiness they are kind of leathery and it's amazing Hell, <laughs> it's like one of the best it's one of the best mouthfeels uh, ever. And then it's like salty at the same time. I'm just like a, I'm a salt magnet, you know, I, I need it to live and, and then some, you know, so. so when I you said you're a salt magnet, I imagine you being like a, uh, like a magnet of business. Like I'm, like I'm a salt Mag- magnet. Magnet. I own, <laughs> magnet. Yeah, yeah. Like I own a salt field. I own all the salt fields. I'm a salt magnet. Oh, I'm a salt mogul, but um, <laughs> I just like eating salt. Yeah. I do love salt. I, I would, I will always take savory over sweet. Uh, if I have yeah. the choice, I am a salt monster myself and it is not great for either of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, I don't know. Hypothetically. Yeah. It causes hypertension, yada, yada, but you know, it's still, it's still, it makes food taste like something, you know, let's be honest. It's true. An interesting part of having cystic fibrosis is like during the summertime is I'm encouraged to eat lots of salt because I sweat it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've never been so jealous of your um, just My devastating dying. disease. <laughs> My crippling <laughs> illness. <laughs> but yeah, that's like one of the interesting things about Cordelia. You gotta eat more salt and eat some candy too while you're at it. No, just, just it's up true. That, like up that. it's true. I mean, you one put of some f- bacon on that candy. 
You got to do the to hell. Like when I was uh, sick, I, I mean, like my doctor was like, you need to quit being a vegetarian. She's like, I want you to eat gummy bears. I want you to just eat bacon. Like, and that's all I did. I ate pudding, bacon, gummy bears. It was disgusting. Really? <laughs> I miss yeah. gummy bears so much. I knew a guy, I, I knew a guy who was like, uh, he's someone like I knew, but he was more like friends of friends uh, when I was younger. And he had. Oh, I think we're friends. Um, yeah, we're still friends. No, I knew this guy who had, uh, who had, uh, he had some kind of a disorder where his metabolism was too fast. So he had to eat like two or three times as much as a normal person. And he was still oh, just weird. like fit no matter how much he ate. Oh, okay. Hypothyroidism or something. Yeah. Something like that. But like, basically the way it worked out was he could eat like an insane amount of food and still have abs. <laughs> I was like, fuck this guy. For him, for, him, for him, it was a huge punishment. It was a terrible situation. Right. But at the time, I was like, as a fat piece of shit, I was like, God damn it, this guy just gets <laughs> right. to do it. <laughs> there was a guy I, that I knew in high school that was that was like, I don't know if he had a condition to to back that up or anything like that, but he was one of those people that was always in incredible shape. But his thing that he did that used to drive me insane was it was back when Meyer had candy by weight. He would get a bag of gumballs and he would eat it. Oh my god, that's what? fucking horrifying! I would. I, we would be like <laughs> hanging out, watching, like playing video games or something, and you'd watch him have a one-pound bag of gumballs, just <laughs> chewing it, swallowing the gum, and continuing it. <laughs> what? Why didn't that's anyone crazy. stop? Him? We did. We did try. We did bring this up multiple times. Like that's not your body can't digest it. And he's like, look at me. I'm in great shape. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, i guess like i can't even like the thing is that i can't even wrap my head around that unless what? he was trying to punish himself like it doesn't even sound mildly enjoyable i, I don't know gum I mean, is something, I, I, a, gum, a gumball is something that you ch that starts as something we all enjoy to have in our mouths and to turn into sludge and it ends as a rubbery horrible situation so basically that dude was like, I wish I could swallow. Well, let's just call it, uh, let's call it spade a spade. It's basically a scab. It's basically you're swallowing scabs. <laughs> yeah, but Rob, you can't say like, you couldn't see any of us doing that. Like when we were kids, like just to try to make our other friends laugh. Like yeah, I could totally see out. myself doing that just to make you guys laugh. Actually, while we're talking about that, I used to think it was funny to eat uh, uh, big food of any kind. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but 7-Eleven used to have these things called The Bomb. And it was a burrito about the size of my forearm with what they were calling beef and beans in it. And it was spicy, but it was literally a burrito the size of my fucking forearm. And I would <laughs> regularly get it and try to eat it as fast as possible. <laughs> And I could eat it pretty quick because I learned what the trick is when you're eating a burrito is what you do is, is when you bite into it, you just kind of do a hard suck and just get as much of the next bite into your mouth as possible. Then when you're swallowing that down, you're already ahead of the game for the rest of the burrito. Oh, dude, I do burritos <laughs> side to side like a corn on the cob. That's horrifying. Do you actually do that? No, no, no. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can see, I can see an argument made for like if you, if you have if you have a bag of tortilla chips and a big enough burrito, you're basically getting the burrito experience like when you do the first okay. corn cob, and then you got to dip for your yeah, yeah. for your nachos, and then it's when like you run nachos. You get to eat the bowl like a bread bowl. Uh, there's also the possibility okay. of eating eating like corn cob style for, for a portion of it, and then twisting it like a sushi hand roll oh. so it's got that conical shape turn <laughs> inverting it and then beginning to eat again 
Whoa, do you just do origami on it and make like a paper crane outfit? You make it beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing that's ever been ruined by your face and mouth and hands. I'm imagining this with a, with a Chipotle burrito as, as well. And just imagining just the, just the moment I touch it with my hands, like it's already such a wet, sloppy mess of a burrito. <laughs> Attempting anything would be like those old, uh, those old toys where you try to grab it and it just shoots out of your hand comically. I mean, if burritos, if burritos were like, if burritos were like entities, like a regular burrito would be like a fit person who's like happy and living. And a Chipotle burrito would be like something that just comes up to you and begs for death in between deep, deep sighs. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where you're going with that, Robert. Like, Chipotle, Chipotle burrito is a pile yeah. of garbage put in a bread blanket. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into it. Did anybody else on this podcast ever watch that. Invader Zim? Oh, of course. I yeah, I, love yeah, I love that. I was going to say, so, so the Chipotle burrito would be the episode where Zim got all of the extra organs <laughs> to, oh, become, yeah. to become the healthiest Zim that was possible. <laughs> I would say, too, that like uh, out of all of those like burrito station, Subway-esque grab-and-go burrito places, Chipotle is not my favorite. I think that uh, Panchero's is uh, so high above Chipotle and for some reason not as successful. I have no idea what you're saying right now. I've never. I've heard taken yeah, Cordelia. I've taken yeah, Cordelia they, to Panchero's. They, they each um, have their strengths and weaknesses, I would say. If you go to Chipotle, you get a big old wet bag of bread full of all kind of <laughs> whatever in it. If you go to Kidoba, you get the same one, but they put canned cheese in it. But if you go to Panchero's, they will fresh make you a tortilla right in front of you, and then right before they wrap it, they mix it all up. They really make a burrito out of it, you know. A little bit of extra. Effort, that's all I ask. Have you guys been to cool, real wraps? Yeah. I feel like nobody I used to love real wraps. Real, yeah, yeah. okay. real wraps was the first one of those places I went to. When I was a painter, as I've had 6,000 jobs, there was a real wraps right by where I was a painter. And they used to have this barbecue chicken burrito that I fucking loved. Hmm. Real wraps is like a Tex Mex thing, which is, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, I prefer like traditional Mexican food, but like Tex Mex every once in a while, yeah, throw a little barbecue sauce and I'm down for that. Cool. You Actually, know, uh, Cordelia, watching you, I believe, at Panchero's was the first time that I realized that I could put, I could unwrap the burrito to put in hot sauce and then rewrap the burrito. <laughs> I never had that. Every You're single welcome, bite. Friend. Every <laughs> single <laughs> bite shaking out a little bit of hot sauce, getting a little bit of regret. <laughs> Real Rip, glad I opened your world. Real Rip does have a two pound burrito. That you can order called El Gigante. And if you finish it, they give you a shirt. And you better fucking believe I have an El Gigante shirt. Nice. 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 <laughs> you know, I, I went with one of my friends to a Mexican restaurant that did one of those giant burrito challenges. And like you get a t shirt or your name on the wall. And he, he was my oversized friend. Um, and he, he told me for like before we went in, he's like, I want to order it because I want to see how big it is, but I'm not going to eat it all. So he told me that in advance, but everybody treated him like he was a fucking celebrity because they're like, oh, this big guy's going to devour this. And like, like yeah. he got like a quarter of the way through. He's like, I'm done. But like everybody kept coming up to our table. They're like, we just had to see this. This is amazing. So yeah, it was it was actually kind of awesome. I felt like I was with a celebrity for the day. It was pretty cool. Like all the guys from the kitchen came out and yeah, it was pretty cool. Josh, did, you, did you ever tell uh, them about the time you ordered the five pound burrito? 
Which one was that? You went to that one place. You told me about it. You and your friends went to that one place and you had a five pound burrito that you split. Which oh, is a giant mess. Yeah, I've, I've I've done a few eating challenges in my day. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> is Pancho Villas? Pancho Villas. Pancho Villas. That's where, yeah. I remember Pancho Villas. So funny. There was okay. a, me and me and one guy uh, split their, their like giant thing. And we both we both finished our half and then uh, needed to be driven home by by someone else. Uh, completely, <laughs> completely laid out. Uh, my favorite my favorite food challenge thing that I had uh, was at a place, a little place called Pixie's Coney Island, which was up in Mount Pleasant. Uh, and Pixie's Coney Island did this whole thing where it was like if you did what they considered the the minimum threshold of their eating challenge, they would give you a tiny little like what you'd expect on the outside of a cubicle with your name on it and what you did as part of the challenge. So it would be like if That's you ate awesome. X, X number yeah, like of uh, Coney dogs or X number of burgers. And so I decided to go for Coney dogs because I, I went to, to school up at Alma College, which is like 15 minutes Whoa. from... Uh, Humble brag. <laughs> Big time from, uh, college guy in the group, I guess. <laughs> back, when, back when colleges had people in them. And I I went up to Mount Pleasant because I was like, before I graduate, I want my name on this wall. And I told them what I was doing. And the person behind the counter was immediately so disappointed in me. <laughs> I was like, I want to do the food challenge. And and she looked at me and went, was she a young right. person like your age? I'm gonna Josh. say 30s, oh, okay. uh, thir- 30s to 40s okay. ra- range, and I was like, "Well, I would like," because I walked up and I was like, "I want 12 Coney dogs," and she was like, she sighed and then was like, "Are you trying to do this for the the challenge for the plaque?" And I was like, "Yeah," and she was like, "Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. I think it was six Coney dogs gets you the plaque, so you're gonna pay us ten dollars for the plaque right now, plus." this amount of money and then we'll hand you the six coney dogs and then after that you have to come up and order them two at a time so they managed to make the eating process of this like i got through the first six it was like i'm doing all right and then i had to wait in line again to get two more so i was like okay i'm up to eight and then by the time that i was at my third time of going up to to wait in line i was like i had felt like i had eaten Uh concrete I felt like my I was uh, made of molasses, and that real rocks were in my stomach. And Christ, Josh. I tried to. I got up to nine, and I don't even think they cared when I told them I got to nine. They were just like, "All right, man," because the walls had so many plaques on them already that I don't even know where. Like, if I were to go back up there, I would not know where to look for my own plaque. Uh, but. <laughs> disappointment all around and yet i am still so compelled when i see an eating challenge to be like you bet i'm gonna fuck this up yeah i'll drink them i don't give a shit it's the weirdest weirdest thing because with an eating challenge you if you win an eating challenge you lose a day of your life and if you lose an eating challenge you also lose <laughs> like it's a lose lose situation because if you because there's like two ways you lose an eating challenge right you either fail it completely which is uh you don't get close to it and you feel like shit 
or you get super close to it and you feel extra like shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like the closest you get, the closer you get to winning an eating challenge, the worse you feel. And then when you win it, you feel the worst, but you, in a few weeks, you will forget how bad it was. There's this thing that I've caught myself doing with my work. When if I'm on a terrible job or a terrible set where I'm like way overworked or it's dangerous or whatever, uh, you know what it is, Josh? There's this moment of like, I survived the thing that washes over you when you've done something <laughs> horribly stupid, where you have this like hmm. adrenaline rush and you're like, whew, I did it. And, it. and if it's in a group setting, like a movie set, and the movie set was dangerous or stupidly overworked or whatever, the second it's over, you're like, we all had this shared experience together. We made it. This was great. You know, we'll catch you on the next one. And actually, I've seen this experience be conquered by a simple trick. One time, Chris wrote, you hate doing this on his hand at the end of the job. <laughs> because we had a consistent client that had, that had terrible sets. And he looked at his hand when saying goodbye and went, See you guys later. And never fucking did the job again. <laughs> so that's the trick. Next time you see an eating challenge in a restaurant, before you go, Josh, just write, you hate doing this on your hand. And then you know what's going to keep you? know going to stay out of your mouth? At least three of three out of five pounds of burrito. <laughs> that's true. I, I will say, though, for at least part of it, I do love it. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you hate doing it, though? I mean, it sounds like you're in it for the love of the game. Yeah, they're, they're, like jogging where there's something up like an eater's high? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Like for, for what I, which I think, Rob, you could also uh, attest to as a cousin aw, <laughs> when you eat too much food, I'm you end up me. at this point of like intoxication where it's, it's oh, like yeah. you're sleepy, you're slap happy, you're like... Unable to drive a car if you push it far enough. So hold on. So I think what Tom's referring to is the sweet spot. Okay. So I, I think if you, if, for me, and I'm not speaking for all exactly people, I'm just speaking for me about. personally. I have a point where if I eat fast enough, <laughs> my body won't be smart enough to tell me I've done too much until later. So like in an eating challenge, my strategy to an eating challenge is uh, to try to get as much food into my body as possible before I realize I'm hung, I, I know I am full. Which is yeah, probably the most the dangerous. And also, I got to say, people who know me well, um, pretty much the way I handle every meal is like the second a meal is on a plate, I treat it like a personal challenge to get that thing off that plate and into my body as fast as possible. And it is horrible for whoever is with me. <laughs> well, I always feel bad because I'm like, oh, let's just wrap up mine. I, I can take it to go home. I'm like, I've, I've been sitting here for like 20 minutes. We could just go. I, I know you've been done forever. <laughs> I love how many times, Cordelia, you've uh, gone, and this shows what a true blue friend you are. You have gone to ramen and pho with me. And speaking on the same note, uh, it shows what a terrible friend I am because I never noticed how little you were actually getting into your mouth. <laughs> it's funny so josh like you kind of describe like like you just got drugged like you got a mickey or something like, <laughs> like yeah everything. uh it's a bit it's a bit you like out of it it's it's like uh you eat all of that and then you take a big nap and then once you're done with that big nap you wake up either feeling worse than ever or better than ever and that's like a coin flip and also, also on that note, cousin must treat any family gathering like an eating contest. Like if you yeah. go to any, if you go to any cousin family gathering, 
it is like a personal challenge from everyone in your family to see how much of the food you can put into your body. And then there's usually uh, a pre-diabetic or diabetic, depending on the family member, uh, moment of passing out immediately after the meal or just being super irritable and hard to deal with for about two hours after the meal. Somebody, somebody's going to hurl. Somebody's going to hurl, hurl from eating. That's inevitable. Yep. Yep. Somebody's puking. Uh, I remember one of the last family get-togethers we went to, my uncle Keith, who's a phenomenal cook, made this incredibly sugary and delicious cake. And I, my gallbladder doesn't work, so I already shouldn't be fucking with it. And I cut a huge piece of it. I ate it. <laughs> and my cousin Aaron came over, who I hadn't seen in, I don't know, 10 fucking years. And, and I said hi to him very awkwardly, trying to hide the fact that I didn't know if I was going to shit myself or fall asleep. I went up to Josh's room and just immediately passed out of his bed for an hour and never saw my cousin because he left by the time I came back up. <laughs> so I want to I make that the name of my next record. I don't know if I'm going to shit myself or fall asleep. It's a good I think it'll be a great record name. I feel like there's Thank a lot you. of honesty in there. It sounds like it comes from the heart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, Thank you for I the think, inspiration. Uh, Maybe, maybe as like the EP title for that one could be uh, "Ghastly Hiking." That's all I remember. Ghastly hiking, something, something, panties, extravaganza, ghouls and panties, extravaganza. Ghastly hiking, what we're made of: ghost pants, ghost ghouls and panties. Uh, graveyard time extravaganza. That's a track list. That's a track list right that, there. That's that, what that is. That is, <laughs> that's the whole album. That is a track list. That's solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I, I I'm gonna sign off. Uh, and actually, before I sign off, I do want to wish everybody who listens to this a very happy Halloween. I do want to say to all of you that I missed you very much. I love doing this, and this has been a very great experience for me to connect with all of you regularly, and especially right now during such trying times with all the stress of the election around the corner. It sounds like I'm going to talk shit, but I'm not. Um, And what I'd like to do to wrap the podcast up is I'd like to say our goodbyes. I'm going to start with a word. Josh, you're going to pick that up. Then it's going to go to Cordelia. Then it's going to go to Tom. You ready for this sign out? Son of a bitch. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Thank you all for listening. To VHS playback. Where on our show we? Oh, um, we're on our show. We um, let's start that again. Sorry. <laughs> All right, here we go. Thank you for listening. <laughs> to VHS playback. <laughs> Where on our show we talk about random randomness. Go vote. <laughs> I've been Rob Cousineau. I've been Cordelia Grimm. I've been Tom Bestie. Uh, and I've been Josh Cousineau. And you can uh, reach us at VHSPlaybackPodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at VHSPlayback. And you know what? If you're going to post about this episode in particular, please hashtag it. Uh, uh, ghastly hiking. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Ghastly hiking where we... Ghouls, what panties, extravaganza, what we're made of. That was pretty close. <laughs> That's the hashtag for the episode, and I stand by it. Uh, good night, everybody, and thanks for joining us. Happy, happy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>